welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Welcome to the 16th episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to connect with you again. And I'm really excited about this week's guest. I have Teresa Reed, the tarot lady, as my guest this week. She's an amazing and inspirational woman. She's a tarot reader, astrologer, and she's chief executive oracle at the tarot lady. She's also an author and she is so wise and so knowledgeable around the tarot. She's been doing this for so many years and she has been a great inspiration for my work and everything that I do. And I really am happy about sharing this episode because I know many of you are interested in the tarot and how it works, how divination works, and we get into all of this in the podcast. And we talk about the tarot, the system around it, how to um, pick your first tarot deck and how to work with it. We also talk about what it is to read the tarot what it means and uh, and how you can approach it so it's really uh, an uh, an amazing uh, talk I and I'm really happy that you're here to listen to it and if you do like the episode and the podcast please leave a review on iTunes and I always do an oracle card reading for those that share and just enjoy this episode Hi, Teresa. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shireen. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for connecting today. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really delighted to talk with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited. And I just want to start by asking you how you stay mindful and present. Ah, well, that's actually quite easy. I am Mm -hmm. a, a yoga practitioner. And yoga was one of the keys that really changed my life. I actually started doing yoga many years ago because I have have a lot of major breathing issues. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came out of yoga was, of course, learning how to breathe properly, but also getting way more mindful. Because, you know, when you're doing yoga, you have to really pay attention to the pose that you're doing. And that helps you to be in the present moment. So yoga is my secret sauce. That's amazing. That's mine too. I, <laughs> I love, love yoga. yoga. Yes, it's the, <laughs> it's best. the best. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you're here. I've been really following you for a long time and listening to your podcast and just I I've I have so much knowledge thanks to you. So I would love for you to share a little bit about yourself for the listeners that have never uh, connected with you and just we can start there. Sure. So for people who don't know me, my name is Teresa Reed. I'm Mm -hmm. also known as the Tarot Lady. 
I have a website called thetarotlady.com and you can find me there. And I'm all over social media as the Tarot Lady too. Mm. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. And I've got more books coming out too. So mm. I write a lot. I blog a lot. I have a couple podcasts on astrology and tarot. Um, you know, so I'm very, very active in my work. And I've been doing this work for a very long time. I actually got my first tarot deck when I was 15. And so I've had a tarot deck in my hand since then. And I've actually been reading now professionally for about 30 years, you know, which is wow. a really long, yeah. It's a yeah. long time in this industry, especially to be doing, this is my sole source of income. Mm. Um, so tarot's been my number one thing. And the author thing's been new. I've been doing that for a couple of years now. So that's been changing my work world in a pretty big profound way but um still yeah in a nutshell that that's it and i'm located in the midwest in wisconsin and i've lived here almost my entire adult life wow that's very amazing it i i don't think it's very often that we meet uh tarot readers and uh, others that have worked as long as you have and that's why your podcast has been so Uh, educational it's it's been so much wisdom that you have shared and uh, i'm super grateful for 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 everything that you share thank you it's amazing and today i i wanted to actually get into the tarot because um many of my listeners and uh the beautiful people that i've connected uh on instagram with i know that i also work with the tarot and angel cards and oracle mm -hmm. cards. And I think a lot of people uh, might have, most people have heard about it, uh, but many people might not know the the background of the tarot. And I would love for you to just talk about your journey into it and, and what it means to you. Absolutely. So the way I came into tarot was <clears throat> actually quite by accident. I, uh, I had a friend in high school whose mother was a very, very different mother. Mm. And she happened to do astrology. And one day she did my astrology chart. And mm. I got into it immediately. It really gave me answers. Now, I will say, though, before I even go any further, my mm. the household that I grew up in was very superstitious. It was very, my mother was very psychic. Uh, they believed in things like ghosts and all of that. So my environment that I grew up in really had me very open to things. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I got the astrology, I'm like, wow, well, this makes a lot of darn sense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start studying this. Mm -hmm. And so I started studying astrology. And actually, when my girlfriend's mother passed, I, I inherited her books. I still have them. They're mm -hmm. wrapped in plastic. They're near and dear to my heart. <laughs> but... Um, on one of the rare occasions that I was at the mall, they used to have a bookstore called Walden Books, and I went in there to get some astrology books. And I saw a tarot deck on the shelf. Mm. And so I had seen tarot decks on, you know, television, like on the James Bond movies, stuff like that. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I need this. Mm. So I was curious. I picked it up on a whim, took it home, and started fooling around with it and I connect it with it immediately. I'm a very visual person. Um, and so just the images, they spoke to me. Um, they just, they just seem to make, again, sense. 
So that began my passion for tarot and astrology. And like I said, when I was 15, since that time, I've never been without a tarot deck in my hands. And mm -hmm. I started then to read for anybody who would let me. Now, mm -hmm. I grew up in a rural area, so it was very hard initially to get people to read for. But I found ways to get people to, like, friends in high school, my little sister, you know, whoever would. And then over the years, I was just reading wherever I could. I always had a deck with me. And then it turned into a career in my late 20s. Um, at that time, I was trying to find myself. I had come out of a failed marriage. I was trying to figure out who I am. And so I started working as a bartender just to kind of have a different thing to do. And I ended up being on this shift that was so dreadfully boring that I thought, well, I'll bring these tarot cards in there to have something to do. Mm -hmm. So I brought my cards in, and the next thing I know, it didn't take long before suddenly more people were coming in mm -hmm. for the readings. And so I would have days where I would be on my feet slinging cards and drinks and, I mean, working <laughs> like a little whirlwind behind that bar. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't long before people were like, listen, I want to. I want more time with you. I will pay you. Mm -hmm. And that is how the idea came to go pro. And so I kind of hesitantly did it. Um, I actually had a boss who said I would fail, which really helped push me right into it hard then because I don't like to be told that I'm going to fail. And mm -hmm. um, so I've been reading it ever since. I, I went full time in my late 20s and I'm getting close to 60. So it's been a long, long, mm -hmm. beautiful, wonderful journey. And, and tarot is always always been my ally through life. And I'm delighted mm. that I've been able to help people through my readings. Mm, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And, and the tarot is, is a old system. Maybe we can get into the history of tarot, like yeah. how it started and, and, and where, where we think it originated from. Well, what they say, you know, because mm. historians always have their points of view and mm. they trace things back. But the earliest decks are traced back to Italy. And mm. at the time when they were first out, they were, um, they were originally a, a game. They were created for a game. They weren't created for divination. Mm. So, um, and I always like to say, even though I'm not a scholar, I do know the basics. I, I believe they started around the 1400s. Now, mm. those decks, again, were a game. And just so you know, they're still played as a game to this day in many, many mm. parts of the world. Mm. And the tarot cards back then in the 1400s were really expensive. They were hard to get your hands on. They were actually for the upper classes. But when the mass <clears throat> printing presses came out, more people were able to get their hands on the tarot cards. And those mass printing press happened around the mid 1400s um, or the early 1500s. So suddenly they became more popular. Now in the late 1700s, there was a guy named Jean-Baptiste Aviette and he was known mm -hmm. as Atea. I can never pronounce that right. But it's spelled E-T-T-E-I-L-L-A, which is basically his name spelled backwards. Mm. And he created one of the first books on tarot as a divination system. Mm. Now, when he created that book, tarot really got popular because people were, people have always been into divination. And so, you know, suddenly uh, more people were into tarot and reading tarot as a divination system. And so mm. the playing, playing it as a game took kind of a backseat. Now in the 1900s, 
the mystic Arthur Edward Wade commissioned the artist Pamela Coleman Smith to create a new tarot deck. And that deck is called the Rideaway Smith deck. Now, this mm. deck is the one that most modern decks are based on. And when that deck came out, it really brought a surge in tarot's popularity. And so today, you know, tarot continues because of social media and books and, you know, the internet. It really continues to come out more and more. And it's become more and more mainstream. But again, the earlier, the earliest uh, decks uh, were from about the 1400s. And recently I was in New York and I was at the Pierpont. I think it's the Pierpont or I might not mm-hmm. be saying that right museum. And they had some of the old, old tarot cards there. It was such a cool display. I love looking at those old decks. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. They, they do look like art and it's, uh, it's, I mean, the tarot has been expressed in so many different ways now that we have different yes. types and we have, those with like images and, and like like illustrations, but also with uh, people now making collages and, and it's beautiful. And I think uh, art and symbols can help with, with that divination work. I actually want to bring up divination. I've written about it before in a post and maybe mm-hmm. we can just bring up what, what it means and how, how does it work. Well, divination is trying to look at whether we're looking at the stars, the cards, or tossing bones or charms. Um, There's many different methods of divination. And really, it's about trying to ascertain our place in the world and where we might be going. Mm. Uh, Divination isn't a perfect science. But, you know, since the beginning of time, man has always been trying to figure out, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Where am I going? You know, people would look at eclipses back in the day and think, the world was coming to an end and you know so mm. we've always been trying to figure ourselves out and so mm. i think that's what really divination is in a in a nutshell it's we're trying to use different methods to figure out where we are and where we're going and who we're who we are too so that's why i see mm. divination mm. yeah and the cards are like tools because as you said yes. it's there's been so many ways to um to work with divination and uh, in many cultures and uh, like ancient practices and mm-hmm. um, I wonder how you see like because there's so many different sides of of this when when it comes to working with the cards and divination but also with the psychic part and with the intuitive mm-hmm. how how do you see that well, first of all, I, I always say there's nothing special about being psychic or intuitive. Mm. We all have it. Everybody mm. has it. It is an instinct that's within every one of us. You know, my mother was incredibly, if you want to call it psychic, psychic. My mother, there was nothing remarkable about her. She was a woman with many illnesses. She had only an eighth grade education, but she was very, very tuned in. The thing with intuition, it's... If we had to describe intuition, it's about the ability to know something without any facts. Mm. How do we know? Well, we don't know where that comes from, but it's something, again, within us. And the people mm. who are intuitive or psychic or whatever you want to call it, they're people who just tend to pay more attention to it and heed it. Now, mm. I grew up, again, with very humble farm folks. And farm mm. folks tend to pay attention to things like their gut instinct. Yeah. You know, so we, I mean, it's a matter of survival. 
So when you have to survive, oftentimes then that intuition kicks in and it works really well for you. There's a book by Gavin DeBecker called The Gift of Fear, which I always recommend that everybody should read. Gavin DeBecker is a, um, he's an investigator, private detective. He's actually the detective that uh, Jeff Bezos recently hired when some photos were leaked about him and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Well, in The Gift of Fear, Gavin DeBecker talks about how we all have intuition. Mm -hmm. And when we're in a, a situation that's dangerous, oftentimes we'll ignore it because, you know, especially when we want to be nice, we don't want to be mean. And then something bad happens and we look back and think, I had a bad feeling and I should have went with it. Mm. That's intuition. Everybody has had that experience at some point or another where something felt off, something didn't feel right, or maybe something felt good. That mm. is intuition. And tarot or any of your divination tools, they are just methods to help access that and to help strengthen that muscle. But we all have it. I like to say there's nothing special about it. Mm. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I think uh, that our intuition has, I mean, we're not like the humans are not as uh, particularly strong uh, mm -hmm. type of animal. So we must have survived through intuition and, and just the knowing that if danger is uh, approaching or that we mm -hmm. that we're moving around with with the intuition and not just the thoughts and thinking because yes I, yeah because i think one thing when when we do work intuitively with different things that has to do with divination or um in uh, uh with, with with our guides and everything it's the thoughts that can uh, become our main um, mm -hmm. Yeah, obstacle because we think that we can think ourselves logically into everything because we're so mind driven in in a way uh, in this society. Mm -hmm. But uh, intuition is is, I mean, intuition. I see it as yin in yin and yang because it's mm -hmm. it's uh, it's like flowing. It's receptive. It's not forcing anything. It's just letting things flow and. Um, I think that for many people, I think actually for me, it did start with also like you, it started with astrology because I was very interested mm -hmm. in how, how, how accurate it was for myself when I read it and mm -hmm. understood it. And then I think uh, when the cards came, it became a tool to do something more with what I had. So I think, but, but tarot is also sometimes um, it can be hard to, uh, because we talked about this, this in another episode, mm -hmm. we talked about oracle cards, which are very, like, it can be very easy to, to uh, read compared to the tarot, because the tarot is a system in a different way. Yes. So it, it, it requires some patience and uh, you have to really work with it to get to know it. So maybe we can also get into that system because mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm imagining that many listeners might not have, have been in touch with the cards yet as well. Right. Well, you know, the thing is the cards, like I, but one of my, one of my tagline is the cards tell a story, but you write the ending. Mm -hmm. 
And really, when you lay those cards out, what you're looking at is you're looking at the patterns. You're looking at the story that's unfolding. You must look at how the cards are interacting with each other. And then the other thing that you have to think about is, well, how does this apply to the context of the question? Or how does this apply to the situation or the person who's sitting there? And a skilled reader, this is why you need some experience before you go pro. Mm. You have to know that, let's say you and I have the exact same question. We have the exact same cards. Mm. It's still going to come out and be translated very differently. And a skilled reader is going to know how to do that. And that does require really, again, knowing the cards inside and out, paying attention to how they work together, how they're flowing, the story that's unfolding, paying attention also to, again, the question, the situation, as well as the person that's sitting at your tarot table. Mm. So it takes, a, it takes a great patience and it takes time to really get comfortable with that. There are some people who get really down with it very easily. I mean, I was, I was really pretty good at it quickly, but it still takes time to develop all of the subtle nuances that can only come after you've read for a variety of people with a variety of situations mm. um, in every type of circumstance imaginable. So it takes time to get it. And there are also people who have different um, processes. Like some people work with something that's called the elemental dignities. Mm. And elemental dignities means you're looking at certain elements in the cards and whether or not they go together or not. And that helps to determine an interpretation. Mm. For example, the wand suit is fire, mm. whereas the cup suit is water. So it's considered they don't go together. Mm. So if you see the queen of cups and the king of wands, that's going to tell you there might be relationship drama. Mm. Now, and then there's some things that go really well together, like wands go great with swords. So if you have like the five of swords and the five of wands, it can show like there's a battle, but you're courageous and you're, you're pushing back and you're winning, you know? So you look at how it goes together. If you use that system and that system can really help people who don't consider themselves intuitive. Mm. I'm an intuitive reader. So while the elemental dignities are floating around in the background, normally for me, it's what I feel that matters. Mm. It's what I feel that really tells the story. It's what I feel when I look at that card that drives my interpretation. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm also thinking because <clears throat> sometimes um, we want to know a lot about our lives and what's coming up. And mm -hmm. um, do you think that with the tarot we can predict things in the future? Or how do you use the tarot? to help others? You can predict things up to a point. Mm. And the reason why I say that is there's always a possibility that somebody might say, you know what, I'm going to make a different decision. Mm. I've done that. Mm. There's also the point that there may be other people involved that can influence the situation mm. and nobody can see all and things can be misinterpreted. So prediction is very, very touchy. A lot of readers won't even touch it. Mm. I do prediction. But I always let people know, you have the power mm. to change things if you don't like it. You know, years and years ago, I got a reading from a lady in a shop in New York. Mm. At the time, I was really hung up on somebody, and he was not being completely honest. Mm. And this reader did a reading for me, and she says, well, you know, if you wait around, it's all going to work out. Mm. And I decided, you know what? I'm not waiting around. That's not who I am. Mm. So I, I ended the relationship. And so it ended, and that was that. And it's funny because he and I became friends 
And many years later, we reconnected as friends, only friends. Mm. And he apologized for being a jerk and all that. And we've been friends ever since. So we did come back together. It all worked out in the end, Mm. but just not the way the cards saw it. Mm. And also I made a decision that I was going to say, no, you're done. Mm. But in the end, again, it's kind of ironic. We did end up (laughs) back together, just not the way you would assume. And that's the other thing with cards. Sometimes we think it means one thing, Mm. but then something happens. It's like, oh, Mm. that's what the cards (laughs) meant. You know, so they can be a little tricky. And I say, when you're looking at the future, always remember the future is malleable. The cards are like a car that's coming at you when you're driving and they're flashing the lights and they're letting you know there's a warning. Here's what's up ahead. And you have a choice now. It shows you what your choices are. And you always in most I should say in most cases, we have a choice. There's always situations that we don't have a choice in the matter. Mm. And a good reader is going to help you to really figure out how to work with that energy. Mm. Yes. And I I'm actually really working with the cards in a way that it can read how I think we all do like we we can see just as working just intuitively it's like we can feel how the situation is right now and from Mm -hmm. that uh, interpret the 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 outcome or we can give suggestions but it's also like everyone has their own responsibility in the end we can't Yes. Put all of our uh, faith and hope and and uh, li- like we can't become too stuck and hung up if we hear something that we don't like because mm-hmm. just that process that that it it creates can create a lot of change within us as well. So mm-hmm. we can we just have to have the faith that everything that we hear is for our highest purpose and that. Even if, mm-hmm. if it doesn't turn out exactly that way, something it, it, it gave us something. Because I think we, we don't get a reading by accident. We, we get the right. reading for a reason as well. So uh, it, I think the cards can be, if we're using it for ourselves, it can be a tool for reflection. And um, yes. yeah, I think it's more of that. And because we... <clears throat> I mean, we came into this world knowing that we can't know everything. <laughs> and, and that's the, the beauty of, of life. And uh, even in astrology, there, there are, because there is different types of astrology too. There are a lot of yeah. predictive and, uh, I mean, some, some, uh, some systems are built so that you, ha- like, it's like your faith is is piled up or how do you say it's like laid out for you and Mm -hmm. and then some astrology is more like you can work with the energy because we have free will and we can do the best with that energy and i i think astrology is so powerful i mean this eclipse that we had just last Mm -hmm. week or the week before that it was it was the theme is so clear and we can see it in the world, in the collective, but also within us. And um, I think it's powerful tools to use. And do you ever uh, mix tarot and astrology together when you do a reading? Absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, I always, what I like to do when I do a reading is I mainly focus on tarot. Mm. 
Uh, but I'll take a glimpse at the astrology just to see if there's a major transit going on, like a Jupiter return or a Saturn return, mm. because I think that's really, really important to look at, at something like that. Mm. Or, you know, if Pluto is sitting right on your sun, we might want to take a peek at that. Mm. So I'll look briefly. I mainly use astrology, though, for business. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I actually have a, a product called the AstroBiz Digest, which is a weekly horoscope for business owners mm. uh, because there's nothing really much like that. Mm. And um, it's the main reason I love astrology. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people do astrology to understand themselves. I love working with the trends to stack the odds in my favor. Mm. So my astrology that I do is, is just really focused on business. And sometimes people say, will you do my natal chart? And I'm like, I can do it, but I'm not interested in it. I'm only I only do the stuff I'm interested in. I'm very stubborn. Mm -hmm. And I love, love, love astrology for business because it never steers me wrong. I mean, even today, I knew that I should have shut my mouth, mm -hmm. but I ended up arguing with people on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why are you doing that? You know, the moon isn't sad. Mm -hmm. You know, the moon is squaring Venus and it's going to be conjunct Mars. Why the heck are you not following your own advice? So mm -hmm. I, I sometimes don't even follow my own advice and end up regretting it, which I had that happen today, mm. you know, but it really, really does. It really can be a wonderful guide for living your best life or running your best business. Mm, that's so cool. So that's how I use yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard actually about that in the US uh, that some businesses actually use that, like when to start a business, like you start on yes. the best possible day. And uh, yeah, I mean, Astrology, I, I believe in it so much that I have actually planned important things around it because I have I I feel the energy a lot. I'm a cancer and I feel also the moon's shifts a lot within me. So yeah, it's really like <laughs> so it, I think that it can be <clears throat> it can be a great tool to um yeah, for important things, like big things in life, but also small things that, okay, on this, mm -hmm. I should rest or I should withdraw because yes. it's, the energies around me are telling me that. So I think it's a good, good tool to use as well. And yeah, it yeah. works. I mean, I'm very driven by the moon too. Mm. I've got a moon in Scorpio and I've got Venus in Cancer. Mm. I've got a grand trine in water uh, because I also have Saturn in Pisces. So I feel things very strongly. Mm. And I'm, I've always been very tuned into that moon. Mm. Always, always, always. And I know when I work with the energy of the moon, mm. everything flows better. Now, if I would have listened to my own advice this morning, I would have saved myself aggravation. Mm. But once in a while, I still like to tempt fate. Yeah. And, you know, it's always funny. I always go back and say, you know, you know better. Teresa <laughs> you know better why did you do that mm. why can't you follow your own wisdom sometimes mm. and it's hard I mean we all do that we, we're not no one is Absolutely. perfect so we we can we can definitely uh, say that we are not always practicing uh, what we write about or and it, it's a part of being human so we learn from that yeah and it's affirming to us that what we do uh, talk about and try to teach does work so uh, it's it's a part of the process I think I totally agree a thousand percent mm. with that that's and yeah I think the tarot is for me I've, I've been actually working a lot with the angel tarot because before starting mm -hmm. to work with 
with divination, I, I felt a, a lot of connection to angels. And um, I think those cards for me are very, like, they really speak loud and clear. Um, and they, it's, it's messages that always, and they are a little bit different, but they are still in the tarot system with the major arcana, with different elements and things like that. So if someone haven't started with the tarot yet, but are really curious, what type of deck do you think is good to start with? I always recommend starting with the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Mm. And the reason why is because it is a classic and so many modern tarot decks are based on that deck that if you learn the Rider-Waite-Smith, you can read any deck that you get your hands on. Mm. Now, that being said, the art doesn't always appeal to people. Mm. And there are some modern interpretations out there, like uh, there's a deck called the This Might Hurt Tarot. Mm. It's very, very modern. People are loving that deck. Um, so you might feel like if it doesn't appeal to you, you need to look around to find a deck that really speaks to you. Mm. But when all else fails, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck is what I recommend. It's, it's a classic. And it always works. It never fails for me. Mm. Even when I go to other decks, I always go back to the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Mm. Yeah, and it has a lot of symbols also. And um, mm -hmm. it does. Yeah, I mean it's and it's very colorful, so it's fun to look at. And and it's it, it is actually it's very clear and and very um, yeah, it's a good foundation. And I think there's so much out there now. So it's just by also going by the intuition and seeing what type of imagery and what type of mm -hmm. art are you drawn to? Because we have so much, we can really, I mean, we have so much within us already. We have to also think that we are, we have, we have some memories and, mm -hmm. and like we're, in tune in so many different ways. Also, when we read the cards, we have to understand that something might come to you through a type of symbol, mm -hmm. but it, it would be interpreted differently by someone else. So it's like really individual as, you, as everything. So, and what type of spreads do you think are easy to start with? Because there's so much and there's so many yes. big ones that can become very complicated. <clears throat> always start with a simple one card spread mm. always start with that I do a card of the day every day I've done that for forever mm. just pick one start out your day with it get an idea of what you think that might mean for your day see how your day unfolds come back to it at the end of the day and take a little bit to journal about what did that how did that card show up what did it mean mm. one card spreads are simple and oftentimes all you need is one card mm. The other thing I recommend small spreads, like three card spreads, the past, present, future, mm -hmm. is a simple spread that anyone can do if you're trying to get divination on a system. The mm -hmm. other spread that I really love that's a simple three card spread is mind, body, or body, mind, spirit, mm -hmm. uh, because that's a way to check in with yourself. How am I doing? Mm -hmm. It's a great, great spread for reflection. If you just use those three spreads, a simple one card spread, past, present, future, and body, mind, spirit, Right there, you've got an arsenal of useful readings mm. that are going to sustain you and answer any question you need. Mm. 
Mm. Now, if you want to go really hardcore, the Celtic cross, I love the Celtic mm. cross. That will give you a lot of details. Yeah. It's great spread to do if you're doing like a general outlook for the future. Mm. But really, again, do you need it? No. Mm. A one card spread. And those other two spreads are all you need at the end of the day. Mm. Yes. And, and it's also, I can read different things in different places, but sometimes people write that you shouldn't read your own cards because you can interpret, I mean, you can make it into something that you want to read. How do you think, how do you see that doing your own readings? I love doing my own readings <clears throat> because I like to say nobody knows me better than me. Mm. But on occasion, mm. if I'm too emotionally invested in a situation, I prefer to get someone else's eyes on mm. it. Because when you are emotionally invested in an outcome, like let's say, oh my God, I want to see a good outcome, or oh my God, I'm expecting the worst, that might color your thinking. It might impact your objectivity. And you always want to make sure you're getting a clear, unbiased reading. Mm. So sometimes it's much better to go to a pro. And I go to pros when I can't see straight, mm. which happens sometimes. Mm. Because, you know, we're human. And everybody at one point or another is going to get so invested in a situation that you really can't see the forest through the trees. Mm. Yeah. And, and it's kind of, I mean, tarot can be a little bit like psychology because it is, mm -hmm. it is a tool. I, I think many people turn to it because they are not finding answers anywhere else and uh, yes. sometimes it's really like just strengthening or to just get reassurance but sometimes it is because some a situation is hard or you don't know how to deal with someone or something and i think mm -hmm. also sometimes i get questions that i feel like a little bit uncomfortable so i try to um I, I was going to ask you actually what type of questions are or how would you formulate if if there is a question uh, how what type of questions are good to ask and how would you not formulate a question to the tarot well when people come you know um they can form questions any way that they want mm -hmm. really but i think it's best if you ask the questions in a very empowering way. Mm. Like when someone says, will I meet someone? Mm. That's really almost like you're saying to the universe that you have no choice in the matter and that mm. somehow someone's just going to show up at your door with the glass slipper. Mm. And you know, you're expecting like life is happening to you. Mm. And it's not like that. You still have to do your part. So a better question might be, how can I meet? How can I meet? Uh, uh, how, how can I, how can I meet somebody? Or how can I, find a healthy relationship or what do I need? I love starting out questions with what do I need? What do I need to know about my love mm. life? What do I need to know about my current relationship? And that's much better than saying, will Bob marry me? Mm. You know, when you ask the will or the should, mm. you're also putting the responsibility on some kind of an external source, mm. like saying, should I take this job? Well, you're asking the reader to make a decision for you. Mm. A better way to ask the question is, what what is going to be the outcome if i take this job mm. so you really want to turn it around in in ways that are going to give you choices that are going to give you options and things to think about so ultimately you're being conscious about what you're doing with your life you know so so many times people 
sleepwalk through life. Mm. And then they wonder, well, how did I get here? It's because you assume that life is just happening to you and you're not being conscious of your decision. Mm. Tarot helps you to be conscious. And when in the hands of a skilled reader, they're going to be directing you towards that. Mm. Um, when people come and they just are like, well, I don't want to tell you too much. I want you to just tell me what you see. Those are never, never fun people to read for. Mm. Because what they're assuming is, is that again, life just happens to them. They have no role in it. And somehow the future is all mapped out and it's just going to work out a certain way without them having any role in it. Tarot is not a passive act. No. Neither is astrology. Neither is life for that matter. Mm. You have to make decisions. You have to decide. Mm. You have to really think about what's for your highest good. The tarot and astrology can show you the way, but you know, if you sit back and assume it's just happening to you, well, don't be mad if you don't get the future you want. Mm. Yes. And we can't expect that something outside of us will uh, create everything. If, even if we get something through the cards that say, yeah, this will probably be a positive thing that will happen or it, it, it will, you need to do that. It's, you still need to do something. It's not like you can just sit there. It's with everything in life. You have to be active and, co-create mm -hmm. and um, I think that also sometimes I don't know how you work with the cards when you work with the cards do you work with your guides or do you do you work with the spirit world or how wh when you tune into the cards like are you channeling something or you know, truthfully, I really don't know how it works. Mm. When I lay out those cards, it's like something kicks in. I don't know if it's a guide. I mean, mm. it might be. Um, it might be spirit. But I often say it's energy. I work with energy. Mm. It's the energy that's present at the reading. Mm. Now, that energy for some people, it might be their guide speaking through me. Mm. It might be just something I'm feeling on a weird sixth sense level. Mm. It's really hard to really determine that. Mm. Because I think also each situation could be different. But mainly I like to say I read energy. Mm. It's about the energy around the situation, mm. the energy around the person, yeah. the energy with how those cards are going together. Yeah, that makes sense. And if, if someone buys a new deck, do, do you recommend to do something with the deck when you start to connect with it? When I buy a deck, I like to just spend time with it. Mm. It's, it's a matter of just shuffling it, uh, often spending time reading with it, doing readings for myself for a while until I feel it's ready to work with other people. Mm. Very simple. Mm. You can cleanse the deck too, mm. like um, putting it through like incense smoke. That's a way to prepare the deck. Another thing I like to do is I, I have what I call the crystal sandwich. Mm. So I have this big crystal grid. I put my deck on it, and then I put a selenite wand on top of it. Mm. That's a great way to remove energy from a deck. So there's lots of different techniques. Mm. But one of the best things to do with a new deck, spend a lot of time with it. Mm. Yeah, maybe have it in your bag and just also like ha having it infused with your energy. It becomes like a... Like yep. a very good friend <laughs> when you have it with you. Exactly. It's like with crystals as well. And uh, yep. yeah, and you have so much uh, fantastic uh, resources. Maybe you can get into, uh, yeah, the things that you offer and what how people can uh, connect with you too. Because I assume that you also have um, 
do, do you have classes and, and trainings and things like that? So um, I, of course, I have books that people can buy if they want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my website, they can always purchase a reading mm-hmm. if they want a tarot reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're interested in using business for astrology, I have my subscription service called the AstroBiz Digest. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually right in the middle of starting a Patreon account where I'm going to use that as a hub mm-hmm. for um, learning so I can do classes there. Because I've been, I've been doing classes all over the place and it's, I want to put it under one roof. And so somebody suggested Patreon and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm right in the middle right now of creating that. And I think that that's going to make things more streamlined and simple for me, but also for people who want to learn with me. Mm. And occasionally I teach um, at different locations. I'm going to be a main stage speaker at the annual tarot conference in New York that's called the Reader Studio. Mm. I'm doing a retreat in Italy in May. You know, mm. so I end up popping over to different places here and there. Yeah. And people can always find out where I'm teaching by going to my website and hitting on classes and events. Mm. That'll show you where I'm teaching, where I'm going to be at a retreat or at an event or anything of that nature. Mm, fantastic. And is there anything else you want to share with the listeners? I have a new book coming out around September. Mm-hmm. I can't say too much about it, but it is going to really be a book that I think a lot of people are going to love. And if you enjoyed, let's just put it this way. If you enjoyed the tarot coloring book, you're really going to like this next book. Mm. I think it's going to surprise people. And it's going to be something that really helps them. So I just want to tell people to keep an eye on what I am dropping later this year because you're going to love it. Wow. Maybe you can come back when when it's about to yes. release <laughs> and talk about it. Then that's exciting. I'm so happy that you <clears throat> that you could join today. And uh, I, I really want to thank you for everything that you do. It's it's had a real a huge impact on my work and. Uh, yeah, through this we can help a lot of a lot of people. So thank you so much. I'm really grateful that you had me um, join you today. So thank you, Shireen, so much for reaching out and allowing me to be a guest. Thank you so much, and I hope to connect with you soon. And I will link everything in the show notes so people can find you. And thank you so much again. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. I hope this gave you more insight into the tarot and what it means to do a reading and also maybe helped you on the path of starting to read the tarot because it's all about just working with your intuition, doing what feels good for you and using it as a tool for yourself and others to have some guidance and some Yeah, just connecting with something deeper within you. So I hope this helped you. And if you want to get in touch with Teresa, I have all of her links in the show notes. So let's just take a deep breath in through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. And namaste. Namaste.